Locked on NFL podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts through September 8th. There are preview episodes on the feed that you can listen to right now. Follow Locked on NFL today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked on Washington football team, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We're locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Washington football team beat writer for SI.com's fan nation, David Harrison. My co-host, Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Metters show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern is off for today's episode. On Twitter, though, we are at Russellmania621, Harrison 82 and Locks WFT Pod. On today's show, you guys know what we're talking about. We're talking about 53-man roster for your Washington football team solidified yesterday on Tuesday by the 4 p.m. deadline. We did hear from Ron Rivera and from other members of the front office. We will have some of that audio for you tomorrow upon the return of Chris Russell. We'll also get his thoughts, but I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a deep dive of where I'm thinking or what I'm thinking about this 53-man roster as it sits. And again, we always call it the initial 53-man roster because if you've been watching football any longer than a year, you know the roster is fluid. There are going to be many, many changes Some of these guys who are gone today may not be gone forever. You may see these guys pop up again. Uh, They may not even get jobs until, you know, unfortunately there's an injury or something, and you may see some of these guys come back. So first things first here, guys, in this first segment, I want to talk about my biggest surprises from the total uh, roster. And then the first biggest surprise that I'm going to throw out there really is kind of a 1A, 1B, and I kind of wrote about these uh, for SI.com's fan nation at SI.com slash NFL slash Washington football, and that is the replacement of two guys that the team is quote-unquote more familiar with, not exactly you know completely aged veterans, but running back Peyton Barber being released and cornerback Jimmy Moreland being released and being replaced by running back Jared Patterson and cornerback Torrey McTire. And look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what Jarrett Patterson, we'll start with the running backs. I'm a huge fan of what Jarrett Patterson was able to do uh, in the preseason. I was really excited when the team uh, went ahead and signed him and brought him in as an undrafted free agent. The story about you know Chase Young going to his house and being on the phone with Ron Rivera with him and that connection that they have there and really Chase kind of vouching for him to the franchise to get him that opportunity uh, to play for his hometown team. I mean, that's, that's, that's what movies are made of, to be quite honest with you, you know what I mean? And uh, depending on what Jarrett Patterson's story becomes, it could very well become a movie that we see on the big screen someday. I love what Jarrett Patterson did, and even with you know some of the struggles on that final preseason game and and the drop passes and all that, uh, I kind of chalk that up to a young guy trying to do a little too much under the bright lights, kind of his his quote unquote last opportunity to really make an impact on the coaching staff. So those are things that can be taught. Those are learning lessons. Those are opportunities for him to grow, and I believe he will do so. But I also believe that Peyton Barber held a lot of value on this roster. And if you guys have been listening to the episodes leading up to the roster decisions, you guys already know that, right? Peyton's a guy who, you know, as much as Antonio Gibson provides you some of that burst and electricity out of the backfield, J.D. McKissick, a little bit more of a shiftier type running back. Peyton Barber really is kind of that bowling ball type running back. And I know it's kind of weird to, to use that description on him right now because he did slim down for the team to get a little bit more agile, a little bit more versatile in the backfield. So he's not really as big as you would expect a back to be called a bowling ball should be, but still, even with his slimmer frame and, you know, I know, you know, seeing the game broadcast and all this stuff after they were played, you heard guys talk about, you know, the, the analysts on, on, on television talk about how Peyton Barber still falls forward. And that's really the, the big key 
And I think sometimes it's a little underrated is just how important it is for a running back to fall forward because there's three feet in a yard. You know what I mean? And this game is a game of inches, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, a running back who doesn't get stood up at the line and pushed backwards or fall backwards versus a running back that falls forward because, again, for a momentum, right? If you run to the 25-yard line and you're stacked up and you're stopped and you're stood up and you're pushed backwards, then the ball goes to the 25-yard line. But if you're hit at the 25-yard line and you fall forward, then the ball goes to the 24 or the 23 or the 26 or 27, depending on what side of the field you're on, right? But you get the gist. So I really felt like the team would would probably cherish that a little bit more. Apparently not as much as I obviously thought they didn't. They, listen, far be it for me to tell Ron Rivera, you know, Marty or anything else or anybody else, you know, what they've already forgotten more about uh, building football rosters and NFL rosters than I'll ever learn. And that's fine. That's just kind of where I was coming from. So not so much a surprise that they kept Jared Patterson, more surprised that they didn't keep Peyton Barber and then quarterback Jimmy Moreland. Uh, again, we've talked about it all offseason, right? One of the highest rated, highest graded by PFF uh, slot defenders, nickelbacks, whatever you want to call them. And so it kind of shows that 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 relationship, right, between media grades. Because I mean, ProFootballFocus.com is is they're a media entity, right? They're not. Uh, they do provide some services and they provide some grades and all that stuff, but they are still they're they're in the business of selling media uh, uh, products, and that's what they do. So their grades and the way that they look at the game don't necessarily match up with the way those inside the game do. And you see the Washington football team keep Torrey McTire. And again, this is another situation similar to the running backs. It's not about Torrey McTire. I'm a big fan of what he was able to do both in practices in camp and then in the games as well. Unfortunately, you know, having that concussion or concussion like symptoms uh, in that Baltimore Ravens game, it's more so just the surprise of Jimmy Moreland not being retained on this team. And, and that's something, again, you go back to our post game reaction uh, to the game with the Baltimore Ravens. We talked about the surprise of seeing Jimmy Moreland even on the field. Yet, you know, really one of the first times I noticed him on the field is was when he was involved in giving up a touchdown. So, again, perhaps some of those things leading to his release. Uh, safety Jeremy Reeves is, it was something that I was surprised about, not so much because I thought he was a shoe-in. I just really felt like they would probably prefer him over Derek Forrest, obviously, the team going a different direction. Not a huge surprise. I don't think a lot of people put that in a surprise column. But, you know, I was kind of a fan of Jeremy Reeves making this roster, so it just kind of is what it is. And then the final surprise for me on this initial, my initial reaction on this roster is four tight ends. I really didn't expect this team to keep four tight ends. Now, it, it makes sense, right, from, from a certain standpoint, especially when you go back to what Chris and I were talking about on yesterday's episode with some of the apprehension about the offense and reasons to get excited and the kind of the soapbox moment that I had about the offense and the running game getting going uh, in order to help the passing game and help Ryan Fitzpatrick enforce the defense to play honestly and not overly protect against uh, some of the weapons, the, the Terry McLaurins and Curtis Samuels, et cetera. And so keeping four tight ends kind of speaks to that. The only problem with that is Samus Ray is not obviously a very polished blocking tight end. You know what I mean? More, much more of a, of a receiving tight end at this point, even then he's not, he's not really polished anywhere and that's fine. A whole lot of potential, not a whole lot of production just yet. But I think what this opens the door to is a lot of 12 personnel. I think I, you know, that's kind of what I expect from this. You're going to see 12 personnel. Uh, Chris has mentioned you're going to see 13 personnel, and those and those are all good things because you can run or pass, especially when you have some athletic tight ends, which they do. Um, even you know, all the way down to Ricky Seals-Jones, he's shown some ability to be a pass-catching tight end in his career. So a lot of versatility across the board. I like what John Bates showed during training camp, during practices, during preseason, from what we were told and from what I saw. Uh, just a very good draft pick for the Washington football team. So those are kind of my biggest surprise, my initial biggest surprises. Very interested to hear where Chris's surprises came in. Obviously, there's going to be some surprises in the players that he predicted would stay on the team. 
versus the ones that didn't. Uh, he mentioned that he would keep Samus, but he thought the team would keep Ricky Seals-Jones. Turns out he was twice uh, correct, and being correct is always good. Being correct is even better when you're correct over at betonline.ag because it's that time of year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start their seasons. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get your updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at betonline.ag. Head there to the website, sign up today, and get a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up, make a deposit, use the promo code Locked On. Be sure you also take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose that bet, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Back now for segment two here at the Locked On Washington football team podcast. David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82. My co-host Chris Russell offers today's episode. But you can find him on Twitter at russellmania621. Find the show at Locked. WFT pod and now guys we're going to get into the meat of the roster the initial 53-man roster released by the Washington football team on Tuesday we're going to start with the quarterback position Ryan Fitzpatrick we already know he's the starting quarterback that's that's pretty much been uh, decided since the day really that he was brought in I know there's this whole competition thing but really I mean you want to call it a competition it's not a total competition but either way I think this wasn't ever really in question I think three quarterbacks is pretty much everybody expected and these three quarterbacks were the guys expected running back group, Antonio Gibson, Jarrett Patterson, J.D. McKissick. Again, the only surprise there really, I think, if there is one, is the fact that Peyton Barber also not in that group. But I know that some people out there, and maybe you guys are one of them, did think Peyton Barber would be off this roster. Looking at wide receivers, and by the way, guys, these are listed in order of numbers, not depth charts, so don't get too crazy about which name is being said first. Uh, wide receivers, Deami Brown, the rookie, Curtis Samuel, DeAndre Carter, Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, Dax Milne, Cam Sims. And I mean, shout out to my co-host there. Uh, Dax Milne and DeAndre Carter at different points in the training camp sessions uh, were kind of his quote-unquote guy to look out for. Both of those guys making the roster. Antonio Gandy-Golden, a guy that a lot of people expected to maybe make the roster. I know that Chris was one of them as well. Not making the roster, maybe that's a little bit of a surprise to some people. But again, Ron Rivera mentioned kind of balancing the future potential of certain players and the current day productivity. And I think they they really kind of lean towards making sure that they're building a team that they can sustain success for moving into the future. That's been a theme through Ron Rivera's press conferences all off season, really since he took over the team. Tight ends again, they got four of them, Samus Reyes, Logan Thomas, Ricky Seals-Jones, and John Bates. Offensive lineman Tyler Larson, Wes Schweitzer, Charles Leno Jr., Chase Rullier, Brandon Scherf, Samuel Cosme, Sadiq Charles, Cornelius Lewis, and Eric Flowers Sr. So that is your offense for your initial 53-man roster, looking over the defense, Shaka Tony, Penn State guy, guy that we were very excited about when they got when he got drafted. Chris was very excited. Again, a lot of Chris's guys, young guys, really making this roster. So a lot of a lot of feathers in the cap uh, for Chris there. Shaka Tony making the roster, joining Montez Sweat, Casey Tuhill, James Smith, Williams, and Chase Young. Defensive tackles: Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Tim Settle, Matt Ioannidis. Linebackers: Khalid Hudson, Jamin Davis, Sean Bostic, Cole Holcomb. There was some question about keeping just four linebackers on the roster. That's something that Ron Rivera has asked about. We'll make sure we cover that tomorrow. We'll talk about that. We'll share that audio with you 
from Ron Rivera. If you haven't heard that, you'll be able to hear from your head coach directly. Cornerbacks, William Jackson III, Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, Troy Apke, Daryl Roberts, a guy that we predicted to be off the roster, and Torrey McTire again. The the not so not so much young. He was pretty much the same age as Jimmy Moreland, but new face to the Washington football team franchise. Safeties, DeShazer Everett, Landon Collins, Cam Curl, Bobby McCain, and Derek Forrest. And Derek Forrest, that's really kind of the surprise there. I know he's, he just got drafted, and coaches and staffs and, and franchises don't really like to burn uh, their rookie that right after they draft them so much. But still, for in my eyes, I thought Jeremy Reeves was the better pick uh, to keep on the roster versus Derek Forrest. Let him clear waivers. Let him go to the practice squad. But hey, I mean, maybe you know, again, Ron Rivera talked about certain teams calling about trading for certain players. Maybe Derek Forrest is one of those guys that a team called and said, "Hey, we want to trade for this guy." So you basically know if you waive him, you're losing him. So you'd rather keep him, try and develop him. Special teamers, Dustin Hopkins, who you know, there's there's been a lot of conversation about Dustin Hopkins lately, Tressway and Cameron Cheeseman, the new long snapper for your Washington football team. And speaking of Dustin Hopkins, uh, I wrote something for SI.com that I wanted to share with you guys, and it's about the kicking situation and specifically about the fact that the Baltimore Ravens did exactly what everybody expected them to do, and they waived kicker Jake Verity. Now, if you watch the final preseason game against that the Washington football team played against the Baltimore Ravens, then you saw Jake Verity play quite a bit because he was the rookie field goal kicker kicking a lot of extra points and some field and a field goal through the FedEx field goal post last weekend. Uh, but the problem is he was wearing Ravens uniform, not burgundy and gold while he was doing it. Now in the preseason in that preseason game, rather Verity made four of his five extra point attempts to go along with a 25 yard field goal. Now he did have one field goal miss as well, but for the preseason guys, Verity finished four of five for field goals six of seven on extra points. Now, conversely, you look at Dustin Hopkins, Dustin Hopkins was four of seven for the entire preseason, including two misses against the New England Patriots. And then he had another one against the Baltimore Ravens. So the way that I wrote it is basically the 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 quintessential picture of an up and down preseason for kicker Dustin Hopkins. Meanwhile, this rookie Jake Verity had a very solid preseason for the Baltimore Ravens um, to add a little bit more spice to the numbers Verity made all three of his preseason attempts from 40 plus yards including a 53 yard field goal so I mean those are some very impressive preseason kicker stats and I know that they're kicker stats and not a lot of people are going to get excited uh, about kickers but I mean those are, those are very good numbers and for a situation where coach Ron Rivera came in and said we want competition you know in the roster we want competition across the board we want everybody to kind of feel like they have to go fight for their job. He didn't really, I mean, he didn't do a trust way, which nobody's really complaining about, but he also didn't do it with Dustin Hopkins. And that's where the questions kind of come in because all preseason, all training camp, what we've been hearing, well, the process is new. The process is new. The process is new. Listen, Jake Verity is also getting used to new processes. Jake Verity has never worked with the long snapper he has before. He's he's never worked with the holder he has before. He was in college last year. He's coming into the Baltimore Ravens. He's playing NFL football for the first time. He's a backup kicker. He pretty much knows he's not making the roster. I mean, he's not replacing Tucker there. So he's he's literally kind of out there fighting for his job. You talk about pressure being on you, and he's coming out there week in, week out. He's not perfect. He's got some misses, but he's coming out week in, week out, showing that he has the capability of being an NFL kicker. And oh, by the way, he's doing it working with two new members of the the field goal, the kicking process. So I mean, if we're going to give Dustin Hopkins, I suppose, a little bit of credit for going through this new process, quote unquote, I think we have to give a lot of credit to Jake Verity for being as successful as he has been going through the same processes and being such a young guy 
while he's doing it. I'm not sitting here saying that I want Dustin Hopkins to be released and I want them to bring in Jake Verity, but you know, if if you find a place, you know, if, if you find a place, if if one of your players maybe, you know, goes on the close contact list and he's got to be away for like five days or something like that, maybe you bring him in. Maybe you put him on the roster for a minute. You you see what he can do. You put a little bit of pressure on your veteran kicker there. And I mean, worst case scenario, guys, maybe it kind of accelerates that that process for Dustin Hopkins of of getting into uh, his new processes. So that's just kind of my thoughts on that's my initial thought on a, a player out there that's available uh, at least as of the time that we're recording this that maybe we could see Washington look at. I don't think we're going to. I, I think they're pretty well committed to Dustin Hopkins for at least the 2021 season. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it goes well because you don't want this to blow up in everybody's face. Believe me, I'd much rather sit here at the end of the season and say, well, I guess we were worried about nothing versus say, you know, haha, we were, we were right to be worried because that's not something you want to be happy about being correct about. Tomorrow, I think the plan is for Chris and I to look through the list of all the NFL cuts from all the rosters, and we're going to try to identify three or so players each uh, that we would like the Washington football team to at least consider looking at or pick up or see uh, if they can bring their services to the nation's capital and for whatever reasons. And we're going to do so thanks to friends like those that we have over at Direct TV. Let me ask you if this sounds familiar. Familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com compatible devices required content varies by package locked on washington football team podcast also brought to you by built bar which has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor we're talking coconut coconut almond mint brownie peanut butter brownie salted caramel and a bunch of others there's literally something for everyone you guys know i love the mint brownie Peanut butter brownie is one of the goats as well. I, I dig the strawberry one a lot as well. And best of all, Built Bar is coming out with new flavors all the time. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. With most of these bars having 17 grams of protein while packing just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. Order yours today. Get your raspberry, mint brownie, whatever you like, or a mix box. If you don't know what you like, go to built.com. Use a promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Wrapping up today's episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast, I am David Harrison flying solo on this episode. My co-host Chris Russell off for today's recording. Find him on Twitter at russellmania621. I am at dharrison82. The show is at LockedWFTPod. In this final segment, guys, we're going to talk about Cam Newton. All right, the biggest news coming out on cut day was the New England Patriots releasing quarterback Cam Newton, veteran quarterback Cam Newton. And honestly, the writing was kind of on the wall a little bit. First and foremost, you know, when the New England Patriots drafted Mac Jones out of Alabama, I think the the idea was Cam Newton would be the veteran, he would be the bridge quarterback, you know, teach the, the young guys some work ethic, some study habits, stuff like that, and that Mac Jones would eventually develop into the next starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, probably – next season or maybe even the season after. I don't know how long, you know, of a clock they had put on it, but I think that was the original plan. Well, then 
uh, some interesting things started happening. For one, Mac Jones started to ball out. And I think that's the biggest part of this. There's also uh, a part of the conversation where Cam had to miss some time due to COVID uh, protocols. He misunderstood some things, and basically the, the the result was that he had to be away from the team for a period of time. Uh, it was a very short period of time, but it was a window. It was a door. And really, that's all Mac Jones needed. And now he is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And listen, I don't know how this went down behind closed doors, but just from what I know and from what I've observed of, of Cam Newton in his career, not really the kind of guy that wants to sit on the bench and watch somebody else play quarterback. He wants to be on the field or he doesn't want to be on the team. That's that's kind of the gist of it. Again, nobody officially saying that's what what's happening, at least not at the time of this recording. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's not what happened, but that's just kind of the feel that I get. So, of course, Cam Newton gets released, and immediately what happens, everybody starts looking around the league and saying, where does Cam Newton make sense? So, first and foremost, you want to know, where did he have previous success, right? Carolina Panthers. So, people were wondering, would the Carolina Panthers be interested in bringing Cam Newton back? To be completely honest, there's very few people, if any, in the front office uh, that have a tie to Cam Newton. Very few teammates of his from his time in Carolina are still in Carolina. So, I'm not sure how big of a fit there is there. So then you start looking for where there is a fit with personnel, with people who know him, and you look at head coach Ron Rivera. That's obviously a place to go. Cam Newton had his MVP season in 2015 with Ron Rivera as his head coach. They went to the Super Bowl together, didn't win the big one, but they did get all the way there, losing to the Denver Broncos that year. So it makes sense for people to make that connection. And I don't think anybody should be mad about that connection. Listen, Cam Newton and Ron Rivera did a lot of good things together for a, for a, quite a few years, to be quite honest with you. So the the connection is obvious. Do I think that the Washington football team should even entertain the idea of bringing in Cam Newton, though? Absolutely not. And, and the, the real reason, the, the upfront number one top off the cuff reason is you already have kind of a quarterback controversy brewing, right? You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick came in here as a veteran. We know they tried to go after Matt Stafford. You know, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, from the moment he gets in there, pretty much everybody expects that he's going to be the starting quarterback, the veteran, to be the bridge for your next young quarterback. Is it going to be Taylor Heineke? Is it going to be Kyle Allen? Is it going to be a draft pick to be named later? Heck, is is it going to be Deshaun Watson next year if he doesn't get traded this year? Or Russell Wilson if he wants out of Seattle still? Or Aaron Rodgers if he decides to uh, force his way out of Green Bay this time? It, it could be a number. Derek Carr is, is pretty much every year seems like he's up for trade out with the Las Vegas Raiders. They just never pulled the trigger. So there are a lot of potential options there, right? But you already have Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's been in camp. He's been in preseason. He's been working with these guys. He's been studying the playbook. He's been working with your coaches. You've done all this work to get him ingrained. And again, I don't, I don't feel like Cam Newton is coming to be a backup for anybody. So if you bring Cam Newton in, Cam Newton wants to be the starter. Are you really going to put in all that time and effort and work with Ryan Fitzpatrick to replace him with Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton, listen, for his career, guys, he's a 60% completion guy. He's got 31,000, almost 700 yards, almost 200 touchdowns, you know what I mean? And and less than less fewer than 120 interceptions. And and that's all that's all great. But the bottom line is he's 32 years old. He can't run the way that he used to be able to run. He's been injured quite often. I mean, he he missed uh, he only played two games in, in 2019 um, and honestly hasn't had a winning record as a starting quarterback since 2017 and hasn't thrown for 3,000 yards or more since 2018. So, I mean, there's just kind of this steady decline going on with Cam Newton's play and, and people can try to say what they want you know, about new systems and new teams and, and changes and all that stuff. 
but part of it is also physical. When you watch Cam Newton play today, when you watch him play last season versus watching him play in his prime with Carolina, it's a totally different type of guy. So I just, you're not really, in my opinion, if you bring Cam Newton in, you're not replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick with something that's necessarily better. It's just different. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's worth the shakeup. Because then, then, plus, what are you going to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Are you really going to have him back up Cam, uh, Cam Newton? Or are you going to trade him for other for other stuff? And then Taylor Heineke is still there. And that's really where kind of the quarterback controversy is brewing right now is with Taylor Heineke and whatever veteran quarterback there is. Because you can bet that as soon as Ryan Fitzpatrick, or if it was Cam Newton, were to start struggling – the fan base is going to start calling for Taylor Heineke. They're going to want to see Taylor go out there. They're going to say, listen, you know, we're losing with insert veteran quarterback. We're not being successful with insert veteran quarterback. What's the harm in seeing what Taylor can do? That's going to be the argument. I already see it coming. If there's a bad game or when there's a bad game from Ryan Fitzpatrick, the conversation is going to be had. The comments are going to be tweeted. They're going to be put in Facebook groups. Just prepare for it. If you don't want to read them, you're going to see them. Uh, just do whatever you can to avoid him if you don't want to see him because because it's coming. It's, it's just it's going to be a thing. So do you really want to add more to that pot right now? I don't think so, to be quite honest with you. And honestly, I think if Ron wanted Cam Newton to come in and be the starter for this team, he'd already would have been here. And I understand that you know we have the legal tampering and all that stuff. Look, if 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 people don't realize that there is converse, there are conversations happening before the quote unquote legal tampering period opens. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there, there's no, like, the agents and general managers and teams can't get the kind of deals done that are getting dealt immediately in the opening of the legal tampering period uh, that they can, you know, that it's not physically possible for those things to happen that quickly. These conversations are happening before. So if Ron Rivera wanted Cam Newton on this team, I feel like he probably already would have been on the team anyway. Then there's the COVID stuff, and I know it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't like talking about it. But the bottom line is Ron Rivera has been very vocal. He's been very adamant about his team being COVID compliant, being vaccinated as much as possible. Well, Cam Newton has caused a little bit of a buzz. Again, part of that COVID protocol mix-up was involving Cam Newton, and the result was him having to go through protocols that are reserved for non-vaccinated players. So Cam Newton didn't give up his vaccination status, but basically the way the NFL treated his miscommunication essentially gave away his vaccination status. Now, it's possible that it's changed since then, right? But again, this is Cam Newton we're talking about. Go through his career. Is Cam Newton the kind of person to kind of stand on a, on a on a spot and then say, oh, you know what? I've learned my lesson from this one instance. Let me change directions. No, he, he really isn't uh, that kind of guy. He really hasn't shown that to be that kind of a personality. So the chances that he is vaccinated now, I don't know that I would put a good number, a really high number on the likelihood of that. So again, you have a quarterback controversy. You already have a veteran quarterback starting. Now you're bringing in a quarterback that potentially or most likely, at least as best as we know, is also unvaccinated from COVID with a head coach who is very adamant about people being vaccinated against COVID. So as many connections as there are to that Super Bowl season in Carolina, Cam Newton's 2015 MVP campaign, and all those things, there's just as many reasons. I think that Ron Rivera and the Washington football team are better off just moving forward, let Cam figure out what Cam's next step is, figure out what the Washington football team's next step is without Cam. You already moved in a direction without him. Keep moving in that direction don't look behind you don't turn back that's how i feel about the cam newton situation i also feel that betting on the nfl the washington football team doesn't have to be a guessing game and if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling you'll get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day 
Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Guys, if you have a take about this 53-man roster, this initial 53-man roster on Cam Newton, on anything that I've said that you've heard said or you heard being said or you want to hear us talk about, please send in your questions, your topics that you want us to discuss into LockedWFTPod at gmail.com or call in, be a part of the show by dialing into 301-615-3577. Thank you all so much for joining us here today. Again, I'm David Harrison. My co-host, Chris Russell, offered today's episode, but you can catch him and Pete Methurst on the Team 980 and on the Odyssey app. I am David Harrison. Read everything I'm writing about your Washington football team at si.com slash NFL slash Washington football. We appreciate you dropping by, spending part of your day with us here at the Locked On Washington football team podcast.